the wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Hey, no. This is not good. So during the break, like after the story of salacious gossip that I told involving yeah. my good buddy. Yes. My mother, who listens to our show every morning uh, while medical coding down in Houston on the Horn app, she says, uh, I code broken penis all the time. There you go. You should talk to him. He could develop a permanent curve. It's called Peroni disease. Peroni's. Yeah. Macaroni. And then you have to get shots. Oh no! Into your said no. So I, I, I hate to tell him that. Hey man, guess what? I want to. You want to get macaroni or peroni? You don't want to get shots. Thanks, yeah. Miss Hogan. Yeah, I know. Well, apparently it's a common thing. I said can, can TMI. You well, that's her job. She's got to code, right. code no. the medicals, right? Make sure we you're need all the information we can get. I need info. Yeah, you know, you and this show does this. too. For some, well, listen, of we have you a lot of people. guys that listen to our show, and they probably didn't know that could happen. It can happen. Be careful. You can break it. Well, man, yeah. If you if and it breaks, if I you, mean, it breaks like a pot, like a stick, like over exercising, like a lot of things can. If you're over, I mean, with well, it's usually a underuse crushing, and overuse. It's usually a crushing injury. It's a crushing injury. Oh, that's how you break it. It's it. it yeah, rolling over in your sleep. Got to be getting active. That rolling over in your sleep could happen. Oh. Well, that's what he said. Now that he's then you got to get get yourself a what a or, sleep number sleep most, number mattress. Most, most typical, it's caused by a a partner. A little yeah, a little aggressive. Over aggressive, yeah. Or, or yeah, could happen. And yes, that we'll move on from the very painful conversation. Yeah, there. I mean, are there any habit trail stories or anything? You got <laughs> no, any of those? No, you want to I tell? I don't need to know the story of how it <laughs> happened. I really don't. I just know I'm just giving the public service announcement. It's the show of the people. After all, people should know this. If you don't, like Ty's learning this for the first time, he didn't know this. Oh, I knew this could happen. I've, okay, I've had some friends that oh, I've had some friends. Ty, I had a, I had a, a, and you know our good friend Jim Turner, he, the football coach, was at Texas State offensive line coach, Texas A and M, coached in the NFL, walk on, became a fantastic professional coach, just unbelievable offensive line coach, played for me. And in that same team that he was on, I had that artist, you know, a kid who was a, a great artist. He was a kind of a walk-on kid, too. But he he did a portrait of one of the other fullback with a habit trail. What? <laughs> and he put it all around campus. It was it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. But you're talking about turning heads. It was amazing. He was this great artist, so he had this picture of this of our player in this Haber trail, you know. Oh, no, right doing, into the uh, wrong place. Oh, no, it was just, <laughs> dude, it was, it went around for about a week, and they couldn't collect enough of these these pictures that were all around campus. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then oh, they copies for, of them. Oh, copies were everywhere on seats in the in the dining room. I mean, it was great. Just, does great his wife point. get to design the cast? No, well, no, oh. it's a splint. It's a splint. Well, you also two popsicle sticks and some string. No, I'm pretty sure that. when that Stitches. happens, you can't like, you can't have any blood flow down there for a while. Like, but you months. can't. But it, you can't control that. Yeah, I, I know. But you're they tell you like if you if you get 
You ever wake up in the morning? I know, but th- that's how those <laughs> stitches pop. I understand that, but oh, how do you prevent that? I've you always turn wondered. It off. I've always wondered. No, I don't know. I have to give you some pills or something. No, he says no. It just hurts like hell. The anti blue chew. Well, There's no such thing. Well, anti blue chew. How you, dare sometimes you? Sometimes you just wake up in the morning, Ty. Yeah. Attention, Your Honor. I mean, come I wake on. up too early for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Kick to the junk, break your you-know-what. I mean, that's kind of like what the Longhorn game felt like last night. That's how you – when you lose a game and end your season like that in a 6-6 game and a ball that is easily catchable doesn't get seen, and that's a a kick to the junk for sure. Longhorn season game. And they're using lanterns for lights. Come on. Well, we we, we know that in Stanford, right, that is California, Buck. They they use softer, more energy-efficient LED lighting in Palo Alto, Berkeley, California. I see. Or not Berkeley, Palo Alto, Berkeley's Cal. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's according to the people who we've talked to this morning. I don't know that to be true, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but in the end, Longhorns didn't see the ball. Happens all the time at that time of day, apparently, out there in California, where you just don't see it. And, uh, unfortunate, Longhorns would have had a lot of momentum going into the dugout, into the 10th inning, and, you know, instead they're coming home. And season is over. Part of the, uh, the busy conversations of the morning. Also, uh, we've got... NBA Finals, Nuggets are the champs. Very impressive. Mostly a team built through the draft, uh, developed through the draft in an era of where everybody hates super teams and superpowers uniting that, uh, you know what, this was a, a Denver team outside of a, a trade for Aaron Gordon, uh, mostly built through draft picks and development, and um, they're at the top of the mountain uh, in the NBA. Pretty darn impressive. Also, Buck, I mentioned that the tie in his Texas Rangers came home from that tough trip into Tampa last weekend, and uh, they ran into Shohei Otani, who had two home runs last night. He now leads the American League with 20. I'll give you this little number on the brilliance of Shohei. He has more home runs this year than any other American League batter, and he struck out more batters than all but one American League pitcher. He's pretty good, just saying. And he'll be with the Angels for the remainder of time. Yeah, he's not going to get out of there. They're not letting him walk. I just just read this. listen to them. They... It's hard to be a major league pitcher on a start-by-start basis. That's very hard. That's very hard to do, to be an everyday starter in major league baseball. But not only to do it, but to be one of the best in your game. And then to be the same thing as a, as a position player. And a home run hitter. I mean, it's yeah, the average is high. The RBIs, he's right in there with Adolis Garcia and Jordan Alvarez. got 50 RBIs. I mean, to be the best, to be great at both, to be good at both is hard. To be okay at both would be impossible. To be great at both is, and all of it is, and he's a you know high end outfielder, and base runner, and not a thing that guy can't do on a baseball field. It's amazing to watch him. Uh, all right, speaking of baseball and nut punch, let's uh, have our Tuesday visit with uh, Ty Harrington, twenty years the head coach at Texas State, also a lifetime Longhorn who was uh, feeling it last night, like all the Longhorn fans were. He's been a manager when stuff like that happens; it's part of the game. But Ty, what are your overall? Good morning, by the way. What are your thoughts about what we saw last night and how that game ended? Well, good morning to you guys. I mean, obviously the the outcome was nothing what, you know, how it happened. You don't get a choice in this game and uh, sometimes how things roll out. And uh, we, you know, if you've been around this game, which you guys have all been around sports for a long time, you you get, you you know what you sign up for possibly in that this game can be cruel sometimes. And uh, for all the unbelievable moments and, you know, things that evolved throughout, 
you know, a career as an athlete and, and, but particularly in baseball, it can just be so cruel sometimes. And, and certainly the ending of that was, was that way. But um, I found myself before the game actually in, you know, in my own mindset and not necessarily talking about everybody, but mine, I went back in my mind going back. I'd gone out to Fullerton with Craig and, and Keith to do the games. And um, I was, kind of going back in my mind how, how he, that team had evolved so much and how good a job they had done, in my opinion, starting with Coach Pierce or staff. You you guys have well chronicled the idea of how much change and turnover there was going into the season. But really to understand and, and, and been in the halls of, of moments like that when you've got to turn a team over and get them headed in the right direction, I thought was just an unbelievable coaching job. I thought it was an unbelievable leadership job by the players um the older players i thought the younger and the new guys meshed in so quickly uh, and i go back to that fortune series when he you know he made the change moved peyton powell to third out of you know necessity and all of a sudden different things they came home had a great home stand gained some confidence and really grew and then if you go back and you look at this year as a whole in my mind again this is just coming from me everybody's going to have a different view of this but just about every time something, you know, they would have a, ba- a game would come up where they'd get beat and they'd had to respond. They responded. Almost every time they responded, they're, they're tough-minded. Um, I think as you heard Coach Pierce talk about the beat of the, the heartbeat of the team, and, and you could see that. I mean, you really could see it, and not just coach talk. I mean, you could really see how those guys responded each time, you know, for lack of a better word, you got to get off the mat and go respond. They did, and they were doing it again last night. And that was what was so impressive and so entertaining and fun. And if you're a Horns fan, which are a bunch of you listen, you guys, look, I know everybody's hunting down that 39th time to Omaha. And it's not easy to do, by the way. It is not. And But those guys battled so incredibly hard. And about the fifth inning, you could see the game starting to change towards Texas's favor. The momentum was changing. You know, Zane Morehouse was out there pitching with his guts on his sleeve just giving you everything he had. Your defense was doing what they always do, playing at a really high level. Dylan Campbell, who still may be one of the greatest right fielders to ever play this game in orange and white, and that is hard to say, by the way, and that's a big statement. But for what he did, you know, defensively throwing the guy out, preventing the guy from getting the first to third on the ground ball before was in itself a respect to him because of his arm and his ability to play right field. But just so many things. And Stanford, for the first time, they were starting to crack a little bit, meaning they made three base running mistakes, huge base running mistakes yep. in that game that kind of kept happening that, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, this, this is – they're going to do it. They are going to pull this off. And, I mean, you know, you know, Zane was good. And then you go to Lucas Gordon, your guy, and I was concerned, you know, when – not concerned, interested. When you bring a guy on short rest, we've all done it, by the way. If you're a college coach, you've done it. High school coach, you've done it. We bring him back on short rest. The very first thing you look at is not necessarily the velo. It's his command of his all speed. The very first changeup he throws in there was perfect. Yep. And then he throws another one. Three of the first four pitches were off speed, and you're just like, this is going to happen. He's going to give us everything he's got again, and this is going to be one of those epic, epic games that who knows how it's going to end. And it just there once in a while – this game can be so cruel as it ended last night. But, man, if you're a Horns fan, 
you got to be certainly proud of what that this bunch has done all year. You know, out of, of all the sports, baseball has some of the freakiest endings and the freakiest things that happen during the course of the game. But for this team, I, I just like the way not only with all the, the different moves that had to be made this year, including some of the staff members, but players and staff members seem to flourish. They didn't just they're not just in those different positions and and you start counting on them in different ways. But the guys seem to flourish in that. And then the tougher the times, like you said, Ty, they just seem to get better. You know, they don't they don't they never let things once it start rolling downhill a little bit continue to go downhill. They start pushing that pushing that rock right back up the hill again. And that's that's kinda and I like teams that flourish. I don't like, you know, when you make moves and they guys just oh, he was okay, he did he did all right. But this team seemed to flourish in different positions. Oh, I think so. I mean, I, that, that's a great point, Bucky. I think that, you know, as you as you say, they're pushing the rock up the hill. There were there were times early in this year that, you know, they they could have not flourished. You know, yeah. they could have just you know been average, right? They could have just gone on and say, well, we're rebuilding, new staff, new, and then and the, and the kids took it could have taken that approach too, right? Yep. But they did not. The the coaches didn't. The players didn't. They kept slugging back. They kept getting off the mat. They kept moving forward. And then they got hot, and then they got good, and then they got became com- really confident, not only in themselves, but they became really confident as a team. And then if you look at this, too, just again, then they get injured on the, on the mound, right? And they just still keep trying to piece it together. And then they got to go on the road to, to Coral Gables in a, you know, in a historic place to go play. And they just they go in there and just like oh yeah well here we come, and they did and they went through that that region, and then they got you know going to get sent on the road again to Stanford another really historic college baseball place, and they pushed the envelope to the end again. I mean I just it shows as you referred to it pushing that rock up and, and flourishing, and just playing as a team. This was a team. This was a true team when they get down to the end of it. And uh, it was exciting and fun to watch those guys uh, flourish and play. And, you know, everybody's going to miss watching, you know, Eric Kennedy play center field and and a lot of other people. And who knows what the draft, the draft will tell a lot of different things. But, um, man, there was a lot of great players. And those guys have every reason to be incredibly, incredibly proud of the effort they put in throughout the whole season and certainly in postseason as well. He is Ty Harrington, and uh, obviously a lifetime Longhorn, 20 years and 25 years of manager in baseball. Uh, from his perspective, this says, uh, man, I hope we don't remember Dylan Campbell for not being able to catch that pop-up as his Texas legacy. Great player, awesome representation for UT. And there's, I don't think there's any chance of that, Coach. I mean, you know, 38-game hitting streak, three-hole hitter, uh, clutches they get. And I got to think that that throw from from deep right field to throw out a, fe- a speedy runner, uh, while he's a little bit off balance, you know, there can't be many throws you've seen from the outfield in all your years that rank rank higher than that one. No, my God, it was an absolute missile. <laughs> I mean, and and the accuracy, the accuracy of it, and his ability to throw before as well. Remember the he, the ground ball that rose through and he throws it right to uh, Daly and had a chance to tag that guy out right, you know, before yep. too. And so, I mean, his. I mean, and, and he went a long way. He, he was going away from his throwing arm. Yeah. Now you think about that for a second. He was going away from his throwing arm, has to reset his shoulders and his and his hips to line up the throw. And, I mean, he just launches a missile. Um, I mean, look, he, to me, I've never seen a right fielder play right field as good as he does and as shallow as he plays right field. I mean, he stymies your run game on base hits. 
and then he, he still covers the ball deep and uh, over his shoulder. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I don't no, I, don't, I wouldn't remember that part of it about Dylan Campbell. There's no way that guy, in my in my mind, etched himself in University of Texas history and lore, and that's hard to do, our friends. That is not easy to do. The tradition of the great players and coaches and people that have been involved with that program, and that young man just ranked himself up there uh, incredibly high in my mind, and I'm sure most people's minds as well. Yeah, and he was a regional hero last year on the way to Omaha with the great series and the East Carolina series. And that guy, his legacy is set. And that becomes the real challenge, Coach, now. I mean, they got to come back and, and begin the offseason. And, and you, you've been through this so many times, but you just don't know, right? You, you're not sure how the draft's going to treat your, your players, your roster. I mean, this day and age of the portal, I mean, you feel like you got a good foundation, a solid foundation of young players, but uh, always have to keep re-recruiting those guys and uh, try to build something for and build on build on this group uh, into next year and, and be even better in 2024. Well, I, I'm I'm sure Coach Pierce and his staff have have an idea of what the the draft is you know going to bring towards them to some level. Uh, there's always an unexpected here and there, but for the most part, you at least have an idea of what you're dealing with. The portal is something that. You know, everybody's involved with to try to fix something, you know, to add to your team. You, you, and you saw the benefit of it. I mean, Porter Brown, guys, i got to be honest with you. I've seen Porter Brown play for three years. He was a really good player, really good hitter. To watch that young man get evolve into a good outfielder and, and play every day out there in left field and hit, you go back and think about how many big clutch hits yep. that young man had for University of Texas this year and – and, and Gilmette and and what he did behind the plate. I mean, those, so the portal was good to Texas this year, and I'm sure if they've got needs and if they'll be able to go out and, and get those and, and recruit the people that they need to keep this thing moving forward, I got complete confidence, as everybody else does, that they'll be able to do that. And, and it is. You, you got to keep moving your feet forward and, and looking you know forward to the next moment. That's part of this business. It's tough because it's, what's crazy about it is as soon as that game ends, you gather your team up, your emotions, your, as a coach, your emotions too, by the way, and your players' emotions, you wear those with you. You gather everybody up. You wake up the next day. You get everybody back home safely, and then you start talking about, okay, we've got to move, move forward. Yep. I mean, it's a tough, it is a tough, tough lifestyle in business in knowing that you've you got to keep your foot on the accelerator. You, you know, it's hard to look past these moments, but in the same breath, you got to keep moving forward. It's exactly what they'll do today. Yeah, got to enjoy what you did, but then move on to the next. Speaking of the next, Omaha is going to be really good, Coach. I mean, you got you know five top eight national seeds there, number one team in Wake Forest. You got a couple of outliers in, in Oral Roberts, or one outlier in Oral Roberts. Everybody else, pretty much a heavyweight. I think even TCU was a preseason top fifteen team, so not a shock that they're there. Uh, you have a favorite? I mean, that you've seen. I mean, Wake Forest looks really, really good. Florida's pitching staff is lights out. LSU has great talent. Is there a favorite for you going to Omaha? Yeah, I think that if there was a, if you look at Wake Forest, it's hard not to look at what they present. I mean, I, I got a chance. I think I told you the other day. I got a chance to watch them play four times, five times in the last two weeks. It's the first really I've sat down and watched them. And they got tremendous, tremendous balance and power in their lineup, um, but they're really good on the mound. Yeah. Their first, their first two starters are really good. They've got a mid relief uh, right handed guy who's really good. They can match left, but they got a, a good back end guy as well. They play good enough defense. It's clean. It's not you know like 
overwhelming when they play defense, you know, flash or anything, but they're really solid. Um, I think they're probably the favorite going into it. Florida probably is close in a sense of having talent. But, the, you know, as we all know, what makes college baseball so incredible is you don't have to be the, the most talented every once in a while. you got to be the best that day, the best that week, the best that game, and, and, and things can happen. And it's been, you know, fun to watch Oral Roberts, who I called three of their games back in February against Texas State, to watch them do what they've done. They've got a, a closer who's a Texas kid, the Denton kid, um, who's from Rowlett, who has just, you know, been 92 to 97 all year long on the back end for them. They've got a really good shortstop. They play great defense. They put a tremendous amount of value on it. And uh, it's been fun to watch them, you know, emerge and, and do what they've been able to do as well. So it's going to be like it always is. I mean, look, if you if you love college baseball and you love to watch the drama of it and the excitement of it and the this, the, the pure beauty of it, this next week is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, for you as a fan, obviously, um, you know, we, we would love for Texas to be there every year because it makes it that much more exciting for, for Texas fans. Uh, but, man, I tell you what, it, there's some really, really good teams and some really fun baseball players you'll get a chance to watch in Omaha this past, this next week. Yeah. You know, you know, Ty, as Coach Royal says, you don't have to be better than that guy every day, just that day. Yeah. Just that day. You have to be better yeah. than that other guy. That's all. Yeah. Not every day. Well, you got to play through your bracket, and we already know that the first first games when you get to Omaha, Stanford will make it match up with Wake Forest, which will be a hell of a game. Tennessee and LSU, probably Paul yep. Skeens on the mound. Virginia will face Florida, and then TCU faces Oral Roberts. So it's just on the first games of a double elimination side. Uh, really, really good stuff coming. Unfortunately for the Longhorns, they won't be there. They'll have to have to watch it like all of us. Ty, thanks so much for uh, the conversation. Uh, we'll keep going, and as the College World Series develops, we'll, we'll get your thoughts. But, uh, man, thanks so much for the time on back-to-back days. Thanks, Coach. You got it, guys. Enjoy it. And I look forward to visiting you guys in the future. You go. I'm looking at this graph right here and thinking of Ty Henderson through the glass, not Ty Harrington on the phone. Ty Oral Roberts plus 2600 to win the College World Series. I take a I take a flyer on that. Plus 2600. They've won 36 of 38. Wake Forest is plus 260. So they're the I odds would probably favorite. take that. No. <laughs> they're, they're the odds I'd favorite. Take both. They're the odds favorite. We'll be, or LSU. <laughs> LSU is plus 360. Uh, Florida plus 380. Virginia plus 700. TCU is plus 800. If you're a Horn fan, frog, Horn frog fan, um, plus 800. 100 bucks wins 800. That's not bad. But yeah, Oral Roberts plus 26. Hundred dollars, the Golden Hurricane. We will be back. Or no, they changed it to Golden Eagles now, didn't they? Golden Eagles or Roberts? Tulsa is the Golden Hurricane. That's correct. Yep. Why is everything golden in Tulsa? I don't understand that. What's going on with Golden? We'll be back. Beating on the horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. Hate to see the way the Longhorn season ended last night, but as Coach Harrington so uh, appropriately said, it happens. It's baseball. It could be a very cruel game. Very cruel game. Uh, and, you know, a great player like Dylan Campbell, that's why I say that was just the, the vision that I'll remember. You know, I'll remember all the great things Dylan Campbell did if that was his last game. But just him you know, kind of squatting with tears in his eyes, realizing, you know, once he saw the ball, just how, how close he was to it and would have been a routine play. Just never saw it. That's just uh, such a shame. Nobody's fault. Just as we said, there are mental errors, there are physical errors in, in sports and in baseball, but that was not an error on anyone. That was just a 
bad piece of luck and a bad time for the twilights and the lights and everything to be converging and that ball to, you know, hit like it was. I mean, that's just uh, it's very, very unfortunate. Can't catch what you can't see. Yeah, and exactly right. And uh, it was a pretty easy play. Can of corn, as you called it off the top of the show, yeah. really was. Uh, couldn't ask for anything. Just plenty of time to get under it, but it was up in the air about seven, eight seconds and uh, run under it. So hated to see that. Also, Buck, we're uh, we're talking NBA championship for the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic. I mentioned earlier my new favorite quote from maybe any athlete is this one when he was asked about winning the championship and his uh, effusive answer after was, the job is done, we can go home now. Not so fast. <laughs> we, we came, we solved, and now we can go home. Uh, the job is done. And job well done, by the way, Nikola. But listen to this. This is, a, this is in the press conference with Nikola Jokic with the media. And, you know, it's Monday night. And uh, you'll, you'll hear this go between. He's ready to go back to Serbia. He's ready to get back to his horses, his family, and, uh, you know, get into his offseason. And here was how this went. And you could see the, the look. This is a, the audio, but the video, you could tell he's not real happy with the answer that he gets from the, uh, the, the, the team representative. If you're looking forward to a parade coming up in Denver. When is parade? When is parade? Thursday. No. <laughs> I need to go home. <laughs> okay. Uh, That's hilarious. What can, <laughs> I tell, what can I tell you? No, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to it. I got to go no. home. No. I need I to, go to go home. home. Thursday. We can't do that tomorrow? Come what on. are we waiting for Thursday for? Yeah, that's like three days from now. Is that a slight? At, like, then he just wants to get out of Denver? I mean, well, no, he really... just wants to go home. He's, he's got family. For a long season. By the way, his kid did pretty good. He had that little baby up there while he was receiving his Bill Russell trophy. By the way, he, he is the first player since the passing of Bill Russell to receive that trophy. So that's pretty pretty unique And um, for the MVP of the, of the finals. Uh, pretty awesome. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, no, I need to go home. I'm ready. We came. We won. I've seen enough basketball. I need to go home. You know, he plays for Denver. He plays for the Denver Broncos, but he lives in Serbia. So when he season's over, he goes back to his homeland. He better not be playing home for the country. Broncos. Yeah. They'd be playing for the Nuggets. But uh, the job is done. Let's go home. Let's go home. Are you looking forward to the parade? No. I no. I'm assuming he won't skip the parade. I mean, I'm assuming that won't happen. He's no. got some horse races he's got to watch. Come on. <laughs> And look at the video there of uh, the fans outside of the arena. And Aaron Gordon, their young star, another one of their young stars, out there jumping up and down with the fans. With his, he hasn't even changed yet, Buck. Mm-mm. He's got his basketball shorts on. His, his ba- he's all he's got is his shirt off, and he's out there being a man of the people, jumping up and down in the streets of Denver. That's good stuff right there. Good stuff right there. Uh, Denver, Denver Nuggets, a team that's, that's easy to root for. Easy to root for. Uh, and as I've drawn the parallels to the San Antonio Spurs of 1999 when they won their first championship. And, and you know, a young star like Jokic with a young star like Tim Duncan um, was going to be the centerpiece of the future. And we know what happened. They had young stars emerging. Or that was the Avery Johnson, Sean Elliott team in 1999. And, of course, we know it became Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili and that group, Bruce Bowen. Uh, but that was the first one. This one seems like it's it's built more like the Golden State Warriors that, you know, this team could go on a, a pretty impressive run here if they can all stay healthy, stay together, and get uh, get Jokic to come back from Serbia and then play again next year and not go home. But uh, young team, good team. Uh, they also, much like the Spurs in 1999, who went 15-2 and in their playoff run to the championship, they finished off a 16-4 and 
run through the playoffs. The Phoenix Suns, the only team that won more than one game against them in the playoffs. Yep. They swept the Lakers. They went five games with the Heat and Minnesota. Uh, that's a dominant run to the chin. Never faced an elimination, even the thought of an elimination game. That was a pretty salty team they just beat, too. Yeah, and Miami had gone through the one seed and the two seed in the East. and Yeah, well, they were they were pretty awesome. But, yes, the job is done. We can go home now. The humble superstar. Got to go. Got to go. Sounds like something Tim Duncan would have said. You know, let's go home. Let's go, let's go swimming. Remember, Tim Duncan grew up a swimmer. What was where, where is he from? The islands of uh, Saint Bahamas? And uh, uh, no, Jamaica. He's not. Is it the Bahamas? He's from. I think he's from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Virgin there Islands. There you go. That's what it is. Uh, Saint Croix. Saint Croix. And uh, Saint Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Nice sweaters. And uh, on to. Seems like a U.S. Virgin Islands kind of guy. It is kind of incredible that all these teams have this big man superstar who has come from elsewhere in the world to help lead them to the promised land, right? Houston would have Akeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan for the Spurs. Germany, Dirk. Dirk with, with uh, Dirk Nowitzki, who took them to their only championship. Uh, obviously, Nikola Jokic now. And you would also say that you could get some pretty good odds on who is going to be the next American-born NBA player to win an MVP. A regular season MVP or a finals Either. MVP? And regular season. Let's go with that. Because... Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're talking about Jokic, Jokic Embiid, Giannis, Luka. Here comes Victor Wembanyama, who's rolling in here. Uh, Jok- Jokic isn't going anywhere. Um, you know, I, I think it's a good question. It is a good one. Who is the, the, the days of James Harden and Damian Lillard? I, Damian never even won one, did he? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. And uh, Jokic is going to be hard to beat if he stays healthy because that guy seems like the MVP to start the year, kind of like Steph Curry was, LeBron James. Uh, that guy's just too damn good. And to do something that's never been done before, lead all all small players in the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists for the entirety of the playoffs. Obviously, he played more games than, than a lot of those guys, but that's still never, ever been done before. Pretty darn impressive. So that was good to see last night. Um, for the Nuggets, heat's over, and now the NBA will look forward to the NBA draft, which is one week from Thursday with Victor, that quick, huh? Victor Wenbanyama on the clock. There'll be a lot of moves made between them and the That's not where the Pelicans so. want to move up. Uh, They're trying to get Scoot Henderson. Yeah, everybody wants Scoot Henderson, which big-time point guard. Big-time, impactful point guard. I still go back to this Victor Wenbanyama. He played again yesterday over in that French league. He's got an eight-foot wingspan, Buck. Just think about that. He's silky smooth. Eight-foot wingspan. Yeah, him handling the ball is something. So if he stood right in the middle of the lane and turned sideways, he could almost reach the free-throw line to the basket. The sideline. Well, think about that. If he stood in a crossway, I mean, he could put left hand towards the free throw line, the right hand towards the basket, and he's only a foot either way shy of covering the entire paint. Uh, that's a shot blocker problem. <laughs> Plus he's seven oh, foot yeah. four. So you have the wingspan on top of being that tall. Of course he's going to have an impact. I, mean, I don't know what his offensive impact will be early, but his his shot blocking impact will be immediate. Because he just he's just too tall. I mean, he can't shoot over that guy. Uh, that's unbelievable. Spurs will take him, and yes, Scoot Henderson. But I saw some projections, Ty, that the second two picks maybe don't need a point guard. Is there any chance? Charlotte with Lamelo. Yeah, don't need a point. I mean, Scoot Henderson's not really a. I think he's more of a two guard. Well, you know, the Texans would love if he drove fell down to them at the four. Rockets. Yeah, the Rockets. I should say the Rockets would love if he would. Well, I, mean, I don't think it's. Gonna I happen. think someone will trade up before that happens. Yeah, he's the consensus number two player in the draft, and uh, I don't say it's a two-player draft, but those two are seen as 
ahead oh, yeah. like better than everybody else. But hey, Nikola Jokic was the 41st pick in the second round. So, and we gave you that stat earlier. He's the first player not drafted in the top 15 of a draft to win both the regular season MVP and a finals MVP. That's also a first for the man who's going back to Serbia. We'll be back. We'll uh, reset these top stories, get you teed up for the rest of the day on the horn, including what's coming up on Light the Tower. It's Bucky and Aaron. Yeah, we have another incident of uh, fan on the field getting jacked by security guard video out this morning. Happened Man. at Fenway Park, it appears, last Father night. Father of 14. Drinker of 14 beers. <laughs> Oh, man. Ran onto the field, into the outfield, and he's got his hands up in the air. He's running. Oh, he, he wants everybody to see him. And he's looking, and he they, does not see security oh, guard coming out of the, off ma, the green ma monster. Mall cop got him big Decked time. Decked him up under his armpit. Down goes drunk fan. That was awesome. I'm going to have to do that one of these days. One of these guys are going to turn on mall cop. As he comes running, they're going to catch him out of the corner of their eye. And help throw that elbow up. Well, then instead of a night in jail, you're going to spend oh. a lot longer in jail. Yeah, that's assault. Not assault if you are the one, like the, the, the mall cop, as you guys call him, at the you know event in Toronto over the weekend, the Canadian Open. That's for the Mounties' doing, job. He's doing his job. Those guys are looking for that big hit. That's right. That's right. Well, again. Yeah, that's true. If I was a security guard, I'd be waiting. That's right. That's right. Don't even step on security. Yeah, one step onto the field and that's it. The guy slipped. Don't act like those guys don't have like a football pad in their backyard that they're like practicing on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you should. You got to be trained for your job. Uh, And I, you know, I knew many a bouncer back in when I was when I was in St. Ed's. Several of my buddies were worked the door down on Sixth Street. And didn't mind mixing it up. And I'm going to tell you, they, they don't wait to ask questions. If something's going down, it's going down. I'm just running out there with my taser. <laughs> and I'm putting you to the ground. It's just when it's, minute you blank around and find out, that's what you, you know, if you're, you're just taking control of the situation is what you're trying to do in that spot, not let it get out of hand. By the way, I mentioned the, uh, the basketball with Victor Wenbanyama's eight-foot wingspan. The, the goal is 10 feet tall. Free throws are 15, 15 feet. 15 feet wide, right? 15, well, from, from, from the foul line to the basket, right. it's about actually 13 uh, internationally, 15 in, a, in the NBA. But so, yeah, his, his, it's safe to say his wingspan is very, very long, and the Spurs will draft him in a week from Thursday. Uh, but 15 feet is your foul shot if you're practicing them at home. Uh, and you should be. We should all be able to make some free throws. You know what I'm saying? Uh, also, Buck, a little piece of breaking news from Los Angeles, the uh, U.S. Open, side of the U.S. Open, just outside of Beverly Hills, California. Um, one, put, how about uh, Scotty Scotty uh, Scheffler today spotted with a new putter, oh. new putter, a Scotty Cameron Newport like Two Plus putter. Yeah, it's a Scotty. He's been struggling with the putter, and sometimes you know what? You just got to change the equipment, go with something that. Changes your your groove absolutely because we know Scotty can putt. I mean, he when he's oh my goodness that the, year the master the Masters yes. win yeah been asked John Fields at UT that guy's an elite putter and there has been but you know it comes and goes and sometimes you get a little you know off your game and it's not like Scotty's missing putts terribly he's just missing off the edges and you know those things are big strokes coming up at a U.S. Open so we'll see if he's going with the different maybe he's just trying it out today see what he thinks but uh, we'll keep an eye on that with Scotty Scheffler because you got to make your picks. At uh, hornfm.com, it's the Fantasy Golf Challenge. It's brought to you by our friends at Callahan's General Store, uh, and you can pick your nine golfers, and that's not going to be easy because there's uh, you have to pick Brooks Kepka, do you not? 
Or yeah, and Phil wants to know why um, why Rory's in the top. He said that guy shouldn't be in the top twenty as favorites. He said I don't gamble anymore. Phil says I don't gamble anymore. But why is that guy's numbers like that? Why is he in the top twenty? Well, he's not hitting enough. Come on, Phil. He's not pin hunting enough. He's hitting the ball good off the tee. But yeah, well, look, that's I'm telling you, this is going to be a surly and kind of an icy tournament because of what's happened now. You know, there's going to be more chirping than ever. I love it. And, you know, Brooks Koepka is playing with Roy McIlroy in the first two days, along with Hideki Matsuyama. What a group that is. Roy, don't try to throw down with Brooksy. If, he's, if his knee is healthy, uh, look out. You'll lose. <laughs> yes. You'll lose. Don't do that. Now, Rory's got that little Irish spirit to him. He might land a blow or two, but he'd get his ass whooped. Just, hey, just take that, that nine iron to that shin. That'll do it. Ooh. All fair and st- fighting. That's right. That'll stop that. Hey, Buck, have a good Tuesday. You too, guys. Golf today? No. Maybe. No, no, too no, hot. No, no. Too hot. Too hot, man. Ty, enjoy your Tuesday as well. Speaking of Ty, Ty Harrington was with us. All the conversations on Texas baseball. If you missed any of them, of course, it'll be podcast at our website, hornfm.com. Coming next, it's Light the Tower. I'm assuming, uh, what do we have? Do we know, Ty? Is Ky- Craig's on his way back. He is not connected to the Calmerex as of now. I think it might just be Cam and, and Jeff today. I'm not sure about that, though. Okay, well, we'll look forward to whoever that is holding down the fort from 10 to two, ten to noon. Of course, 1 o'clock at noon will be Chad and Zay through the midday, Harge and Rob this afternoon with Ball Don't Lie along with Patrick. Everybody have a good one. Every hour podcast at hornfm.com. Light the tower.